Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. How's it going, guys? Great. How are you? Good. I'm actually doing spaces from a uh, an animal hospital, and uh, we had uh, our dog Mochi, who's a Frenchie, by like a 25 pound Frenchie. Uh, ate a couple grapes yesterday, and so <laughs> it's highly toxic to dogs. So we uh, gave her some hydrogen peroxide, and she threw up and threw up, th- you know, most of her stomach. And um, so now we're just kind of checking in, doing some blood work to make sure that she's good. Because uh, I don't know, you go you go down this like deep path of you know, <laughs> like you do WebMD for yourself, <laughs> but uh, you know, we did WebMD for the dog, and we just found all types of things like you know, kidney failure and issues due to toxicity. So uh, we're just here to make sure but um yeah it's actually part of my wednesday and you know i'll kind of wait for a a few more people to join in before i kind of dive into it but um yeah just letting you guys know in case in case i drop out or in case you guys uh have issues you know i'm gonna be on the road a little bit and probably in about 10 minutes but uh yeah other than that dom you know things are good i'm feeling good and um I just there's a lot of momentum happening within our community and uh, me and coach b chatted a little bit about it on the podcast yesterday that we recorded that uh, I need to put up into the drive, but um, also just want to send you some gratitude because I appreciate you helping out with the podcast system. Oh yeah, no, you're very welcome. I'm glad to be on board helping out with it. Actually, everything has been uploaded to the drive and finalized. I am still trying to work on cleaning up that audio for this week. Yeah. The beautiful thing is I think we have, you know, I'm going to work on it today with you, but um, we have a, a few more audios that, don't need cleaning up and so um you know maybe we'll just put that one on the back burner for now and we'll try to figure out a different way or i don't know it, it's pretty rough so i think me coach b and darnell might have to re-record that one um at a later date but uh either way we'll figure it out but appreciate you oh yeah, that was course. such a good one too i know that was a really good one yeah the issue like i i just i wasn't thinking and the airpods that i used just were faulty and uh you know, people were saying like in spaces and other places that it wasn't clear. And so I should have known that they weren't good for recording podcasts. But um, yeah, you and Darnell sound great. I'm the one that kind of messes it up with, uh, with, with the, those AirPods recording into the uh, into that Zoom call. But um, yeah, otherwise, maybe we'll just kick it off. And, um, you know, honestly, even just you guys here, I appreciate having this conversation and sharing some wins. And, um, you know, one of the things that came up for me was, you know, finding the win is not just a, a huge success or achievement, you know, within the week or whatever time frame that we're looking at. It's also just, uh, you know, from the lens of gratitude, um, finding wins and things that we already have. Right. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about practicing gratitude, journaling about gratitude is, um, you're able to kind of reframe and, and set your perspective to see what you already have and what you've already done or, you know, what's in your life currently that's already a win. And, um, you know, one of the things that I've kind of had to reframe today, even going to this animal hospital is like, it's a win that the dog is fine. You know, like we went to the hospital, they, they, they're doing blood work now, but they came back to us and said that everything looks good. She's, she's acting normal. And like, to me, that's a win. Right. And, um, we're, if you, if you'd ask my girlfriend, uh, between last night and today, it's been massively stressful for her. Right. And, um, I don't know for, for me, I just, I viewed it as a win. Like everything's good. Everything's fine. We went to the, going to the hospital to, to ensure that everything's good. But, um, and I think that's coming from more, maybe of more of a neutral standpoint. Um, you know, like last night we found out she ate, the dog ate some grapes 
And, um, you know, I, I immediately just go, okay, well, we just, we need to do this then. And, um, you know, so I think part of it is being able to adapt a neutral mindset to like, look at the facts and not let, uh, the emotions kind of get in the way too much to, to direct you, to distract you. Um, but I just viewed it as a win. And so, um, I don't know if you guys have, you know, similar, similar concepts or ideas that maybe you've had in your life where it's, you know, people can look at it and view it as maybe a, a depressing factor or a negative factor. But um, I think being able to, to see the wins and see the good out of some of this is, uh, is really what the whole phrase that we always talk about is like, you're either winning or you're learning. Right. So uh, something that my girlfriend learned is we don't want to have grapes in the house. Like that's just one thing that she's like, you know, like to, how can we, how can we make sure that this doesn't happen again? Right. Obviously we're a little bit more careful, like what we put on the table, but she's like, I don't want to have grapes in the house. And I was like, okay, well that's definitely a solution for us uh, not to run into this issue in the future. And so, you know, coach B Dom, I, I don't know if you guys have something similar, but uh, I just wanted to share that, you know, I don't think wins have to be, uh, something that you go out and you achieve or you land a new client or, you know, you, you go and you run 10 miles. I think some of the wins can just be like, Hey, we're grat You know, we're grateful for, for what's going on. We're grateful for health. We're grateful for the dog to be okay. Even after she had something that might be toxic, toxic to her, but uh, I'll shoot it over to you guys. Yeah, I think that was a really good one. And it, 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 perspectives are everything, right? Like you can, we can look at some things and, and think the worst, and when you step back from it, like, and you reassess the situation, like, and you look at it from a different lens, it can be a completely different outlook. Like, I, I think I say this to my kids every single day, and I don't know why, you know, like, sometimes they're a little frustrating for me, where, you know, my daughter will say something like, oh, I can't do this. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, you can, like, you can do it. I said, you just have to try a little bit harder, you have to practice a little bit more, you've got to think about it in a different way. And and um, I think they do get it, you know, because at school and with coaches and stuff that they, they demonstrate that they are understanding. It's just, I think with my wife and I, they just push our buttons so much that it's, um, it, it's tough sometimes, but we don't stop. And it is just trying to get them to understand a different perspective. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm putting together this presentation right now, and, and it's going to be on leadership development for um, uh, a school district. And one of the slides I have in here, I'm gonna re I'm gonna read, but it's um it was really interesting because because I loved it. It's all about just shifting your perspective. So um, here it goes. Today was the absolute worst day ever, and don't try to convince me that there's something good in every day because when you take a closer look, this is this world is pretty evil place. Even if some goodness does shine through once in a while, satisfaction and happiness don't last. And it's not true that it's all in the mind and heart because true happiness can be obtained only if one's surroundings are good. It's not true that good exists. I'm sure that you can agree that reality creates my attitude. It's all beyond my control and you'll never in a million years hear me say that today was a good day. And that's pretty negative, right? Like it's a pretty negative outlook. Now I'm going to read it from bottom to top. Today was a good day and you'll never in a million years hear me that Hear me say that it's all beyond my control. My attitude creates the reality. I'm sure you can agree that it's not true that good exists only if one's surroundings are good. True happiness can be obtained because it's all in the mind and heart. And it's not true that satisfaction and happiness don't last. Some goodness does shine through once in a while, even if the world is a pretty evil place. Because when you take a closer look, there's something good in every day. And don't try to convince me that today was the absolute worst day ever. Right? Now, the words didn't change at all. The only thing that changed was if I read it from top to top to top to bottom versus bottom to top. 
So my point in sharing this slide with the professors, and I've shared this with athletes too, is a simple shift in perspective can completely change your outlook. Uh, a shift in perspective can completely change your body language. And the most important thing is a, shift, a simple shift in perspective can completely change your actions. And then your actions are, are what's really gonna allow you to take steps forward and to grow and to, to, to move on from things. Yeah, Coach B, and I really appreciate you sharing that because that's a poem that uh, I found maybe two or three years ago. And um, I was just like super moved by it. The, the simplicity of, of taking a different angle um, for that outcome and for, you know, I think a lot of people, it's really interesting that, uh, you know, that poem has been circulated on like Facebook and millions of people have, you know, shared it and viewed it. And if you go through the comments, um, not everybody's even willing to <laughs> even read it, you know, like they, they won't read it from bottom to top and, uh, you'll see the comments and they'll be like, why would you share this negativity? Why would you do all these things? And it just, it goes to show that people just kind of look at things and then they make a, a quick judgment and move on um people don't do a deep dive to understand and and that understanding is just reading the caption to say here are the instructions read it from top to bottom and then reread it from bottom to top and uh i'll try to find it and i'll send it to you but yeah it's, it's really interesting to understand how people view these things on social and um and how they just go about their days because i think they just view something judge it and then move on and then maybe even leave a negative comment that kind of you know fuels the fire for the negativity side but um, you know what word you said, Drew? Sorry to cut you. You know what word you said that really is, I think, the most important word is judging, right? And and as soon as you judge, I don't know if you really, and I don't know what what's happening neurologically, but as soon the moment you judge, you're really not open to to anything else. Like you're instead of being curious, like when you have curiosity over judgment, those are the opportunities when you can actually try to learn, and you have a beginner's mindset or an and you're more receptive to, to whatever information is being presented. At the end of the day, it's always up to the individual to be able to, to, take, to take the information that they receive and be able to apply it into however they see fit or however they want to. But when you have a judgy mentality, like you're really not open to any other kind of perspectives. And then when, you're, when, when your judgment precedes your curiosity, that's it's kind of like having a fixed mindset right and you're not ever willing to really grow or improve um and then it, and it's it becomes a little toxic too like I, I like i know personally like we've we've removed friends from our lives that are very judgmental um and not very receptive to understanding different different people's perspectives and i think that's the power of uh, of the human race is we all have different backgrounds we all have different experiences and we can all truly learn from each other if we're receptive and if we're willing to, but yeah, but the judgment is the big thing. And um, the only way that can ever change is if we're, we're, we say it all the time, is if we're aware of, are we judging right now? Or do we really know that person's perspective? Do we really know that person's situation? Are we truly trying to understand like where, why that person is saying what they're saying or why they're doing what they're doing? Like we don't know until we ask, you know, like that's, that's where curiosity tends to lend out. And you can see that in, in different types of leaders and different types of teammates that you may have and different types of people you see in Web3. But it's 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 the curiosity over being judgmental, I think, is the biggest key in trying to to to, under, to truly understand and truly become the best leader that you can be. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought up leadership because I think that that is an important factor. I think being curious, um, you know, one of my good friends, Lee Elias, he, uh, he's a speaker, he's, a, he's an author, and, um, you know, he really speaks and, and has researched uh, a lot of organizations and teams uh, to try to understand, like, what, how can you create this impenetrable, like, team bond or what can a coach do to build culture, build team standards uh, to basically to develop championship winning culture? And uh, one of the things that he talks about is just under, learn to understand the players. Where I think a lot of coaches, I mean, me, even me previously, when I first started coaching, you think you have the answers. Uh, you think people have to kind of fit within your mold. But um, as I started to learn and grow as a coach, you, you start to realize that you need to understand the players. And each, each year that changes because you have different humans and different people, right? So um, the, one of the first things that he does in training camp is he, he literally just asks people what motivates you and what demotivates you. Um, so many coaches, so many people, leaders, I mean, even people you know, that work in big companies, they, instead of asking and, and talking to people, they just try to infer and, and guess, you know, what motivates people. And, and then they just, you know, they test. And instead of testing, you can literally just talk to the people and say, hey, what motivates you? What can we be doing better? Or what demotivates you? And, and you know, what upsets you? Or what stops you from being able to do your work at a, at a level that we deem acceptable for the standards of the company, right? So that that is, I think, one of the biggest factors of leadership is like just being open-minded to understand versus, like you said, closed-minded and, and judging somebody versus trying to understand what's going on with them. Um, I think that's huge for coaches. I think that's huge for leaders of, of you know, the in a, in a workplace. Um, but everything that you said is so spot on. I think even just telling yourself that you're open-minded to understand will shift your perspective, right? Versus just kind of going around and, and making a judgment and, and not uh, looking to understand what's going on. But um, one of the things that came up, come up, comes up for me, Coach B, is uh, recently with Twitter, and I actually just put a tweet out. Um, you know, I think when, when Twitter was taken over by Elon and things were changing, I mean, how many people were really quick to judge what was happening at Twitter and uh, seeing the layoffs, seeing the headquarters shut down. And uh, I think I forgot what the actual hashtag was. I think it was either like Twitter down or like RIP Twitter. I think it was RIP Twitter. But uh, it yeah, circulated it like crazy. And it was super viral. Right. And, and people were just quick to judge without understanding what was happening. And uh, I just put out, I just put out a retweet from um, from Patrick Bet David, and he talked about how he went from you know Elon took a, a company from seven hundred and fifty or seven thousand five hundred employees to fifteen hundred employees, and they still have a product that continues to work today, right? It's a product that continues to, to move forward, and um, you know to me the end consumer or to me somebody that uses Twitter, there's been essentially no change. There's been no like it hasn't been down for me. Twitter Space works fine. Um, I, I'm sure that there are some bugs here and there, but there was bugs before with 7,500 employees, right? And uh, he attributed that to Elon's leadership, to de developing a vision and figuring out what would be motivating for the people that did stay, the people that continue to work on Twitter to uh, to put out a, a viable product that, you know, continues to be used at a, at a global, on a global scale, right? So um, I think that's a really interesting factor because not that I have all the answers, but I chose to understand instead of, you know, uh, feeding the flames of RIP Twitter. I was like, you know what? No, I think Twitter is going to be fine. I think Elon has has massive experience with leadership and in, in running companies and and motivating people. And I think that he's going to inspire Twitter with less people to continue and maybe even put out a better product. Um, and so that was just a, a matter of perspective that I had. I mean, there's people that I know that have been using Twitter for 10, 15 years and love Twitter that were like kind of feeding the flames of 
uh, I hope it doesn't go down or I think it's, you know, this might be the last tweet that I ever put out there. Um, but I had this perspective of, you know what, I, I believe in Elon. I think he's done massive things and he's going to, you know, Twitter's going to be fine. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's one example, Coach B, that like, recently came up for me and I, it's proven to be true, right? I think it's a great example. It's the, it's the, it's the good about social media and it's the bad about social media, right? It's the good about um, being able to share and also the bad thing about being able to share because whenever you share something, whether it be an Instagram or Twitter or, or Facebook, whatever, whatever medium or platform you decide to choose, even if you're an article, like it's, it's simply contact. It's, it's simply a snapshot in time with no truly, no true understanding of the person's context of which they're saying something or which they're showing something like this happens in transmission a lot in, and I know Terry's in the room and, you know, we, we would, you know, share videos and he'd share send stuff on an Instagram to see. He's like, B, did you see this? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I saw it, but I don't really know the context of which that individual, that coach is implementing that exercise. So I can't say if it's good or bad. And I think so much of what people like post and what they share has, there, there has to be a, you have to go try to try to understand what the context of which that person is saying it for. Um, what are they doing? What are they sharing? What's their message? And, and that takes a lot of insight. That takes a lot of perspective. That takes a lot of um, curiosity, right? Like I said before, like it's, it's so easy to judge and it's so quick to judge because I think it doesn't require a lot of energy. Whereas it takes a lot of energy to be positive, to take a step back and to see like, let me look around, let me ask these questions. Like that takes more effort. And I don't know if everybody's always willing to make the extra effort to truly understand. Um, like in Twitter's example or Elon's example, like, Try to understand what what is what's Elon's mission. What's what is Elon really trying to do with the changes he's trying to implement and create within Twitter? Like obviously he didn't he didn't buy it to just waste his money. Like he's trying to build something that's that's going to be powerful. Like the same way he what, same things he's doing with Tesla, same things he's doing with with SpaceX is like he's he's a change maker. He's an innovator. He's a visionary. He's trying to utilize the platform for you know the greater good or the greater cause. At least I hope to think so. Um, but I think that there's, there's a lot more good that's going to happen and sometimes bad needs to happen or some bad things need to happen first before, before the good and the, the changes can ultimately be made. But a lot of it comes down to, um, are you willing to try to understand the context of which that person is saying or sharing whatever it is that they're saying? And that, and that's, that's, that's hard for a lot of people to be able to do. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I'm glad that um, there were some great people in here, but I'm glad 90s fan isn't here because I think, you know, what you just mentioned, one thing that pops up for me is, well, first of all, appreciate you for joining Meta Athletes and, and welcome to the team. But um, one thing that popped up to me is like when people, sometimes the, the perspective of uh, wins being found in the dark, I'm sure that he works with people that maybe they, they have, you know, some type of crises in their life or, or something happens to them, which puts them on a path, um, puts them on a path towards better health, right? Or puts them on a path towards better habits. And um, it certainly happened to me. I mean, th there's there's things that happened to me where I've been put in kind of like a crisis mode or a stressful uh, event happening in my life that uh, really motivates me to go and, and do better, be better, and, and puts me into good habits. And, uh, you know, referring to some of those anchor habits that you talked about the other day. I mean, some of these things now I do daily. And, I prioritize them and, um, you know, I come from being an athlete and then transitioning into the business world. And sorry, I probably hear my dogs like squeaking in the background, but, um, some of these things that happened to me from a health perspective launched me into better habits. And, um, you know, so it's weird to say, but you're 
grateful for them, right? Like, I know that's like, maybe that's extreme perspective and extreme gratitude, but I am grateful for these things. I am grateful that I had this stressful event because it, it launched me into better habits. It launched me into uh, experiences and, and opportunities for me to learn more about myself um, to which then I can help other people as well, right? So it's uh, it's an interesting path. And I think a lot of people have this path of, you know, crises, get better, understand yourself through experience, uh, gain wisdom in a certain topic, and then be able to share that with other people. Um, you know, like another one that comes up, I don't mean to throw Katie under the bus, but, you know, Katie had, you know, sleep issues. She, you know, for months, she wasn't feeling like she had proper sleep. And by, by that little crisis, or I mean, I guess it is a major crisis if you're having sleep issues, because I think it leads to a lot more, uh, you know, domino effect for the rest of your life. But she was able to implement habits and and basically uh, fix that issue. And now she has experience. Now she has results that worked for her that she can now share with the rest of the group, meta athletes, or just people in her life, her family, her friends. And, um, you know, so now Katie might feel grateful for having poor sleep because now it put her on a path to understanding, learning, and experimenting and experiencing to help others. And Coach B, I'm sure you, you realize that with athletes too all the time, or maybe just with yourself. You know, you've been putting these opportunities where it's like, I can look at this as a negative or I can, you know, figure out what is the solution and now that solution we can show gratitude for. Yeah. You know, I do, I do want to ask you a question and it's the story with Katie is awesome. Right. And the story with, with you being able to realize that, you know, things weren't going so hot for you and, and you realized that you wanted to create change and you took the actionable steps to be able to do it. But uh, in, in conversation with you before, like you knew you know, healthy habits. You knew the things that you needed to do to to kind of organize your life and towards uh, you know creating these healthy habit he- healthier habits. What what held you back before? Uh, just to be honest, nothing held me back, but there was no consequence. Um, I think that's the best way to put it. I didn't. Um, when I look back on my experience from the age of, like, I don't know, 10 to, to 27, 26, it felt like I just had natural brain defenses. Like, I know this probably sounds weird, but I just didn't have to think about it. Didn't have to work on it. My, my defenses were just up and running and everything was working fine. And then one month it, it was down. Like my defenses were just gone and I was susceptible to, to feeling types of ways. I was susceptible to uh, certain symptoms. And so being put back on this path has helped me basically <laughs> recreate that those brain defenses this is kind of how I envision how I view it. Um, that's not medical or technical, but that's how I felt. I just felt like one day my defenses were just gone. And um, that was a consequence uh, that I believe was because of my actions and my habits and uh, habits that weren't, you know, positive habits. Um, so that's what held me back is not paying the consequence, I guess. Um, does that make sense, Coach B? It does. Yeah. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's being held accountable to something else, which I think is sometimes the greater good. And I think the power of a group dynamic and the power of being part of a team is when you are kind of responsible to somebody else or whether you're in a relationship, sometimes when you're just thinking about yourself, like you can kind of, it's easier to let things go. But now when you're responsible for a family, you're responsible for a teammate, you're responsible for these other things. It's, there's a, it's, it's a greater responsibility. Like you have to start to think outside of yourself. And, and I'm a firm believer that you got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. So you have to develop those, those habits within yourself before you can ever teach anybody else. Like, like I say to, to my teams and my athletes all the time, 
if you're not willing to hold yourself accountable, then you can't hold anybody else accountable. You know, and if, if you can't hold yourself to the best standards that you can, then you can't do it and you can't expect of anybody else because then you're like, it's, it's hypocritical, right? And I think at the end of the day, if you look inward enough and you have enough introspection, I don't know if ever, anybody wants to, to be hypocritical or wants to live a hypocritical, hypocritical life. I think they want to, um, I think a lot of people want to, want to people please. I think a lot of people want to, um, they say they want to get better, but I don't know if they ever have the support system around them to truly take those steps to improve. Yeah, Coach um, B, I'll, just one last thing that on that topic of, of being hypocritical, uh, I just think it's poor leadership. Right. Like when you when I mean, maybe I, I talked about this yesterday, rereading Start With Why and, and always having Simon Sinek in my ear is always helpful to to go back to this concept of like, you know, strong leadership and weak leadership. Um, what are the principles and, and what do people do? And somebody that's hypocritical, um, in my opinion, is a demotivating experience. Right. It's it's not to me, that's not inspiring somebody to to take action. In fact, it might actually demotivate somebody to take action. And um, so I think it comes back to leadership. Like, uh, it's just not a, you know, could you do it? Yes. Could it be helpful for some people? Possibly. But um, when I think about you, like when you tell me to get on the Peloton, it's inspiring because I know that you were just on the Peloton probably two or three hours before I did. And I'm the one that wakes up at like six. And uh, to me, that's inspiring. To me, that's motivating. To me, that's strong leadership. And if you were just sitting on, I mean, I think this conversation has been held in, in you know, tons of different factors, but you know, you, you'll, there's surveys where it's like, would you rather have this coach or this coach? And they might look a certain way or they might, you know, take care of themselves a certain way. And I think automatically we just think this is either inspiring or, or not inspiring. And so for you to practice what you preach for me personally, and my experience is really helpful. Um, because I think when I look at mentors, it's people that have done something that I want to do, or they have massive wisdom in a certain area. And I want to, you know, I would basically want to follow you until I can start to train to follow myself and, and for me to lead myself. Right. And so part of being hypocritical is, in my opinion, just poor leadership because you're not practicing what you preach. Does that does that resonate with you? A hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, you know, you have an experience, you have enough experience working with athletes and coaching yourself and being around other coaches and seeing it and seeing in sports and seeing teachers, mentors like I've seen it, too. It's it's. When there's inconsistency, I think it kind of leads to being a hypocrite, right? Like if there's inconsistency in, in coaching, if there's inconsistency in leadership, if there's inconsistency in uh, management, then um, everybody underneath that person is going to start to question. And then when they question, not being like, not being curious, like I mentioned before, but question, they're like, well, they're saying something, but they're not doing it. Or they're saying it in this instance, and but then they completely change their tune in another instance. And I don't know if this is quite completely making sense, but um, when there's inconsistencies in messages and inconsistencies in actions, I think it leads to poor confusion. And ultimately, it's going to lead to inconsistent performance, right? And it, it, that's what it comes down to when you're being part of a team is you want everybody to to be in, you know, on the bus and sitting in the right seats and this analogy from John Gordon, but really being able to, you know, make sure that we know where we're going and everybody's going to be able to do the things that they need to do, accept their roles, do their job, whatever it is, whatever kind of words you want to be able to use. But it is, it's driven by leadership, but that leadership needs to be consistent. The message needs to be consistent. The 
the actions need to be consistent. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that we try to teach our athletes all the time is, is learn how to be consistent with their, with their language, with their attitudes, with their body language, with their actions, with their, with their habits, with their, with their demeanor, with, with, you know, with everything that they do is it's we're we're either building really great habits or we're building poor habits, you know, and, and that's what we got to, that, that's up to you at the end of the day. That's you. That's not on me. That's on you. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, like attitude habits, um, team culture standards is a huge one when it comes to accountability for, for me. And, uh, I learned this from my dad. My dad was 28 years military, right? So, uh, discipline and standards was ingrained in him. And, you know, we had, at first we had two very different coaching, you know, styles, and I started to mold over the last couple of years. I started to mold uh, to understand why these things were important to him. And it's because it was a standard and, um, you know, things that maybe, you know, that maybe cause a little controversy uh, in youth sports, something as simple as, you know, like, should we be dressing up before games at, as youth athletes? Uh, we never believed that they needed to be polos or suits, but we had a team uniform that was issued at the beginning of each year, each season, right? Everybody, you know, they get a jersey, they get team uniforms. And we felt that it was a good balance of team accountability, self-accountability while giving some freedoms um, with basically just saying at every game, you just, you know, you have to come up in your warm-up suit and you show up to the game, you drop yourself in the locker room and then you can change into whatever you want. You know, as long as it's, uh, as long as it has like our team gear, you know, or it's team gear, team shirt, team shorts, whatever it might be, whatever you're most comfortable in warming up in, that's totally fine. But you have to show up and leave in this team uniform, which they're, great uniforms. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to wear these things. Like they're, you know, like really nice Bauer track suits. And, um, there's always like two kids. There's always one or two kids that just, you know, didn't show up. They wore whatever they want to wear, or wear, you know, to games. And, um, you know, we held them to a standard. And what was interesting is over the course of the season, the team would start holding people to the standard, right? And coach B, that's what we were talking about when it comes to, you know, coach led versus team led and self-led. And, um, it was just accountability was the practice. You showing up in the suit has very little to do what happens, you know, in the game or, but when you think about accountability and you think about a standard and the team looking like a team, uh, that's what we were going after. Right. And so for us, the lesson wasn't, you know, look like a team, play like a team. The lesson was, can I hold myself accountable to what the whole team has has basically bought into as a team standard at the beginning of the season and, and hold that habit through the whole season. And um, that, that level of accountability can be applied to different aspects of life. Right. And so um, that's one, you know, that's one that kind of popped up for me, but um, I wanted to see if anybody wanted to come up on stage and share, maybe just like a win in the life or uh, chime in and, or have a question or a comment to the conversation, uh, feel free to, to, plug in as a speaker and I'll, and I'll add you otherwise uh, coach B if nobody comes up uh, anything that we want to leave the people with for this Wednesday no yeah I love the um the analogy to, to dressing the same way as part of a team and, and it is and it's one of those things like you never want to take away from somebody's individualism but there is a collective discipline that's being required of being able to do the same things like to look a certain way to dress a certain way to to not have jewelry if that's if that's what your thing is and um, I listened to the Deion Sanders team meeting in Colorado, and it was, uh, I highly recommend it for anybody um, that's, that's in here right now or that's going to listen to this later. But um, the message is, is great. And it's interesting because like one of the things that Deion said was, 
you know, there's going to be no more hats in a meeting. There's no more going to be more jewelry in a meeting. There's going to be everybody's going to look the same. And if you remember Deion Sanders playing, like Deion had had flash, right? He had the chain hanging out. He had all this stuff. But I think he's realized and he's matured that, you know, he earned the right to be able to do those things. And the things that probably led him up to that point, and I don't know his true story, his whole story, but I do know that he was really successful at Jackson State and the way he carries himself, the way he presents himself. I, like, I'd follow him. It's um, he, he's getting everybody to understand that this, this is how we're going to build our environment. These are the things that we're going to value. We're going to value the teammate. We're going to value individual's effort, everybody's individual effort. We're going to value all those intangibles that may not may not show up on a on a on a stat sheet, you know. And I think those are the teams that really create. Th- those are the kinds of principles that create really strong teams. It's when effort, discipline, hustle, uh, communication; those are the things that are being recognized and rewarded, versus just the things that show up on a Sports Center top ten. You know, I think sometimes in this day and age, we get we get. Uh, fascinated with with the highlights and we get fascinated with the outcomes when in reality we win because of the process we win because of the daily habits and the daily disciplines that we that we choose and we decide to do every single day and then that becomes like shared leadership and those are the things that happen in the dark like you talked about before like you've got to love you got to shift your perspective to want to to want to do all the things that take you to where you want to go it's not just about the the end result but about all the tiny small small, simple steps you take along the way. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And um, Chip just requested to come up. And so uh, we'll, we'll uh, give Chip an opportunity to chime into the conversation before we close up today. But uh, Chip, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate it. This group is great. Been here a few weeks. You guys are on point and right in my head all the time. And I love it. You know, something along these lines and kind of plays all the way in with Twitter and everything is how... You know, I kind of posted in our group that we always do the same things. You know, we don't change anything. It's like, don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And you had mentioned something either the other day or it was about tragedy where, unfortunately, a lot of times somebody has, we all have to come up with some sort of life-threatening instance for us to make changes. And earlier in the conversation, you talked about mindset and shifting and perspective. And it's like, how do we, that's what I've been working with. It's like, I've had a ton of health stuff over my life, colon out, cancer once, possibly again crushed all that shit it's been 10 years pardon my language but it's like how do i get to a place where i can really make those changes without having to have my life threatened you know and we all have that stuff where it's we get we lean back on our natural talents and we think it's going to take us far enough and i'm at the point where i feel like i've been sitting on my hands using my natural talent for 46 years and now it's time to really try (laughs) you know so everything you guys are speaking is just to to point and I guess my win is and I'll leave it at this is just that that I found you guys this is great uh, and I appreciate everything you're trying to put out and motivate and just wanted to say thanks guys thanks for sharing that was awesome and and very impressive that you have the ma- attitude and the mindset that you have and it's so easy for for like those circumstances to pop up and then just call it quits and give in but man all the kudos and all the credit to you and we're glad we're glad we found you and you found us it's- yeah, I'll chime in real quick, and I think that it's an important conversation. And Coach B, I think it's actually a great podcast episode. So uh, I'm going to put this one in the uh, in the bank for us. But the idea of, and I've learned this from Trevor Moad, you know, incredible speaker. Unfortunately, he passed away a year or two years ago. Um, but one of the top sports psychologists in the world, and he's best known for being uh, Russell Wilson's kind of brain coach. But um, 
he used to always preach that you don't have to be sick to get better. Right. And you don't have to be struggling to get better. And um, I've always like, you know, since having some, even my own crises to understand that, like, why would I wait? Why would I wait till something happens to me before I get better? And this idea of prehab, right? Like coach B probably has a lot, you know, a lot of wisdom experience and athletes of like, Hey, this is what we should be doing to, you know, basically mitigate injury, mitigate risk. Uh, he would refer to it as a prehab, right? What can we do? Uh, what can '90s fan be doing to to prehab people's brains, their 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 thought process, their their mental? Um, those are things that I'm extremely curious on, um, because I don't think we're from a young age, uh, from school to to. I mean, in, in athletics, you hear, "Hey, you should be stretching so you don't get hurt." But I don't think you're really given the tools, the knowledge to understand what you can do to prehab or essentially get better without being sick. Uh, so, Chip, that's a. I, I'm glad that you brought that up and shared it because I think that's a great podcast episode for us to chime into. And um, honestly, like even today, Coach B, today, like we should take today's recording and put it as a podcast because I think it was it was a great knowledge share and, and great perspectives and and honestly just sharing some of the wins. And uh, last thing, Chip, is like that gave me goosebumps what you just said because that that's our goal, right? Is for people to to feel like joining our community is a win. And um, as I lean in and listen to other people speak, some of the you know expertise around the world, um, there's been a common the common denominator is find leadership and find a community and um, and surround yourself with people that uh, are ultimately doing what you want to achieve or you, you want to just continue to get better. And so, um, really appreciate you sharing because that ultimately ties directly back to what our mission is and what we're trying to do with meta athletes. Um, before we close up, Sue, I saw you popped up. Uh, I want to give you a couple minutes if you wanted to chime into the conversation. What's happening, fellas? Great talk this morning. Um, Chip, dude, you hit the nail on the head. I want you to know I'm in your boat. I'm 43 and I'm feeling the same thing, man. Um, so community, you're not alone. I'm here. I'm here for all of you. If you need anything, shoot me a message, a DM. Um, I've been struggling myself with health issues. Uh, physically, kind of leaks into mental issues. Um, so everything that Meta Athletes is doing is putting me on a road to just getting back to level, getting back to where I can start doing things on my own and getting better on my own pace, which uh, Coach B definitely solidified this morning. Um, sometimes you don't have to go the training pace. Sometimes you just need to take the the meat and potatoes of the training and push it to where you can continually keep doing it and not quit. So that's my Wednesday uh, metaphor for y'all today. I missed Suey Day yesterday, so... Oh, well, I'll get you next week. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, I got to head out to work right now, but keep winning, guys. Awesome, Sue. Yeah, dude, appreciate that share. And uh, yeah, I'm glad that you popped in. I think uh, having this forum and this platform to connect with others, whether that's connecting because we've gone through the same issues or connecting because we're on the same path and journey. And um, yeah, I think it's it's awesome that you guys are coming up and sharing. Um, I think everybody has to run here in a little bit, so we'll close up today. Uh, Lily, I saw you popped in. I don't want to be hypocritical because I don't listen to, to space recordings too much, but uh, it's definitely a good one today, Lily. If you want to tune in and, and listen to the conversation that we had today, I think it was a really powerful one. But um, Team Money, Suves, Coach Chad, Dom, 90s fan, appreciate you for tuning in and uh, see everybody in uh, probably Twitter DMs. Talk soon.